When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do 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 do. You are now entering the twilight zone. Twilight zone. <laughs> Nothing personal. Word of the day. That's an old show. The twilight zone. It's when you're in an alternate form of reality. I don't know that it's necessarily a dystopian reality. It's just something that you look at and you say to yourself, "How many times has this happened during the course of a day?" You're looking at a situation where you're listening to someone talk and you just say, what, what, what are you talking about? How can this be happening? Am I really in a situation? That's why Twilight Zone is the word of the day, because I sat in the Twilight Zone all day yesterday, scouring the Internet, watching the NBA media day. Media day is an important day back in the day today. I would get rid of media day because every day is media day. Everyone's got ability to reach out to their fans on social media. Media day in the beginning used to be when the local reporters would come, they would interview each player. You'd get sound bites for the local news. You'd get photos. Photo day is when your in-game entertainment people come and see, you know, those photos that are on the jumbotron and those videos that you see when the Allen Parsons project introduces the Chicago Bulls or when the heat, they blow up the court with that fire, with the fire extinguisher and the fireman standing right there and they blow it up and the, the starters are introduced and you look up and it's all these great videos. Well, all that has to get filmed and that gets filmed before the season starts. And you do it in a way so you can edit if a player gets traded or a player sucks and you want to get him out of the starting video, then you pretend that every player is going to start. So when you're doing the starting five in the NBA, you film a starting five clip for every player. And then when you trade for a player during the season, you have to get him as part of when he comes to your team. He has to show up for some video shots. I'm not talking about the highlight videos. I'm talking about the introductory videos. So that's part of photo day and media day. It's supposed to get the fans excited because they have not talked about or heard about the season since the off season and since the trades and sort of the free agents. So that was the purpose of the media day. But now it's morphed into something that is far more ridiculous and far less impactful, way less insightful. You're not learning anything on video media day. But yet the local guys come in, local people come in, excuse me, and they say, so what are your expectations this season? So you look really good. What'd you do this offseason? So a lot of new faces here. How do you feel about gelling? So what do you think about the chances and the prospects? You're being picked to be in the top 
half of the Eastern Conference. What do you think? And the answers are totally generic, totally boring. It's an insult to our audience. It's an insult to the fans. It's just insulting because who cares? But this media day yesterday had a chance for greatness. And boy, did it deliver. And the reason why it had a chance for greatness is that the story of media day is such that Adam Silver, the commissioner of basketball, was sitting in his lair, despondent beyond repair. Because if I ask you right now, what are the headlines for media day? What is your answer? Just think about it right now. Don't go on the inter Google. Just say to yourself, what happened? What have I heard? What's trending? What's interesting? Oh, it's amazing. The Milwaukee Bucks are thinking about repeating. We'll talk about Giannis too. That's good. They want to repeat. I'm happy about that. LeBron James still playing. Was that in the headline? Golden State Warriors, they're back. Klay Thompson may play. No. Kawhi Leonard. Mm, We got to talk about him too, but that wasn't the headline. That's not what you heard about. All you heard about was the vaccine. That was it. The lead up to media day was an entire conversation about your favorite player and mine, Kyrie Irving, the centerpiece of the Brooklyn Nets and their championship quest. We heard about David Letterman, by the way, talking about asking Kevin Durant a question. Was it really David Letterman, Coca, who asked Kevin Durant some asinine questions? Reminded me of Joaquin Phoenix, because if so, that's pretty funny. He asked him what the K and the D stand for or something, which is funny because, of course, he knew. But I'm not sure Durant was amused. Durant's a funny Twitter guy, isn't he? He gets all pissy at people, gets into Twitter fights. But Kyrie Irving got all the attention. They descend on Brooklyn Nets Media Day. They're looking around. Hey, is he here yet? Hey, where's Kyrie? Is he here? We heard he wasn't coming. Is he really not coming? Oh, is he not vaccinated? Is that why he's not coming? You got to be vaccinated to come to media day. He's not going to get vaccinated. He may get vaccinated. Well, he has to get vaccinated because otherwise he can't play. Well, he may play, but only road games. So Kyrie Irving is only going to play road games and not home games because New York has said you may not be in an indoor arena player or not. If you're a home player who has not been vaccinated, should we just trade Kyrie? Everyone's up in arms. Where is he? Well, he shows up to media day via Zoom because he was not allowed to be at media day. Not that he was upset about that fact because he was sitting in the cushy confines of the library right next to Colonel Muster with a hammer. All the other players had to show up. And believe me, players don't love media day. It's sort of the beginning of training camp. It's the beginning of spring training or the beginning of what's going to be a long slog. And you're with the media. You have to speak to the media all the time. So it's sort of a requirement. They have to go. Unless you're Kyrie Irving, in which case you don't have to go. But you can't get fined because the reason you're not going is that you're not vaccinated. Adam Silver's in the fetal position. He's sucking his thumb. And I've got a suggestion for you, Adam. You need to make it very clear that you don't care whether players get vaccinated or not. But if they're not vaccinated and if they cannot play games, it's very simple. They don't get paid. 
And if they are not vaccinated, but they're still allowed to play, they've got to wear masks. They've got to follow all the stringent rules. And if they don't, they get suspended. Will Kyrie Irving follow all the rules? Kyrie Irving? Well, I was fascinated with what he said as part of his media day because it got all this attention, not just because he's not vaccinated, but here's the biggest problem happening in the NBA right now. There is a very loud 10%. Now, 10 percenters can be loud, no problem. They don't carry the day because you need 51% to carry the day when you're voting on something in a democracy, generally, if you only need a simple majority. 90% of NBA players are vaccinated, 10% are not, but those 10% are L-O-U-D. Why? Because an article came out in Rolling Stone magazine where Kyrie Irving is not just not vaccinated, but there is there are breadcrumbs that exist that say that he is a conspiracy theorist, non-vaxxer, that his view as he liked a bunch of Instagram posts from a bunch of absolute Looney Tunes, Porky Pig-like characters, that what the government's doing with the vaccines is they're putting a chip in you like we're sitting in total recall. And the chip is keeping track of you. I've got a surprise for you, Kyrie. No one gives a flying rat's ass where you are or what you're doing. Just win games. And for all the other people who think they're not getting vaccinated because they don't want to be monitored by the government. The government's got a lot more things to do. The NSA is much too busy to worry about where you are as you're walking into a massage parlor. Don't care. Yet there is this very loud group of people in the NBA players who are now vigilant in their anti-vax position. I'm talking vigilant in a way that is bizarre. So here's how the question goes. Hey, Kyrie, are you going to get vaccinated? You know, I, I prefer not to answer that. That's a very private question. I'd like to keep everything between us. Very personal. Andrew Wiggins of the Warriors also needs to be vaccinated or he can't play. What about you, Andy? That's nah, very private. It's very personal. I want to keep that to myself. All right. Hmm. So if you want to keep that to yourself, then why are you promulgating and perpetuating and absolutely participating in these theories that have no basis in reality? Hmm. Ah, because Kyrie Irving is trying to make a point that there's more to life than basketball. And this is serious stuff. You're damn right. It's serious stuff. Trying to get rid of this pandemic and turn it into a simple endemic. That is the most serious thing that exists right now in the entire world. But these players had some funny things to say. Kyrie said, I'm going to be private. Good. But then Bradley Bill, Bradley Beal. Remember Bradley Beal? I can't remember where he plays. He was on the Wizards, but then he was traded for Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets. But then Tillman Furtada said, do I have the wrong player, Coca? Where is Beal? Beal has always been on the Wizards. Was it John Wall who was traded then to the Wizards, from the Wizards to the Rockets? Just cut the whole damn thing. We're starting over. Ready? 6, 10, 69. 
Bradley Beal was pretty loud yesterday. Beal is a Washington wizard. And remember, he was teammates with Russell Westbrook after Westbrook got traded to the Wizards, but then left the Wizards and is now on the Lakers. So Bradley Beal is sitting talking about COVID and talking about the vaccines and was really wondering why, what the big deal is with the vaccine. Talking about how we don't really know a lot. That's what everyone says when they don't want to get vaccinated. I'm very worried about the science. I don't know what this is going to mean. I don't know what it's going to do to me. Don't know what the long-term implications are. And anyway, what are you doing getting vaccinated when you can still get COVID, he said. This is when Adam Silver has to roll over, get out of bed, take the thumb out of the mouth, and start communicating with your players. When you've got a superstar like Bradley Beal who actually says during media day, I don't know why you guys are all vaccinated. Can you still get COVID? And they say, yeah. Well, what are you getting vaccinated for? Well, listen here, hot shot. You're vaccinated so that you don't have to be hospitalized and die. You're vaccinated so you have a smaller risk of getting COVID. There are breakthrough cases, but they are less probable. And you, Bradley Beal, go to the ballpark, you go to the arena. What happens if one of your trainers, one of your coaches, one of your other players has someone who can't be vaccinated because they're under 12 and they've got underlying health conditions, or you bring COVID back to a house where people are vaccinated, but they get a breakthrough case and they are, have underlying conditions and then they croak. No one croaks from the flu, ladies and germs. Not true. Cut that as well. That's two cuts in the first 10 minutes of the show. <sighs> 14, 28, 69. While you can die from the flu and you can die from COVID-19, the point of the vaccination is to lower the likelihood of that potential. It's putting the odds in your favor. It's simple math. The NBA is trying to run a business and they've got employees who are perpetuating insane things that are so stupid that it just makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. Luckily, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar entered the conversation and he said, I have an idea. And Kareem, I love you, man, especially since you appeared in Dave season two, episode either four or five. Kareem said any unvaccinated players should be pulled from the team and not allowed to play. Bingo. Yahtzee. Six sixes on the first roll. That's what a big Yahtzee Kareem came up with. And why am I so hardline about this? Because we need to get people in this country very clear on one thing. You want to take a position on something political? I want you to take that position. You want to be pro-life and not pro-choice? That is up to you. I don't agree with it, but it's up to you. You want to be pro-gun, not anti-gun and hide behind the Second Amendment? That's up to you. You want to be involved and agree, tax the rich? That's fine. It's up to you. But all of those are debates. All of those are issues where both sides have a point and both sides can articulate an argument it may not carry the day in the Supreme Court. It may not carry the day in your legislature. It may not carry the day in your lunchroom for crying out loud meatloaf, but you can still have the argument. From a vaccine standpoint, there is no argument. 
There is not one point of view that anybody can have where they can say, I'm not a believer, Davy Jones. So the reason I would pull players in baseball, in basketball, in football, and in hockey is that I can do that to employees in any private company I want. I can make you get vaccinated. I can make you wear a tie and, ja- a tie and jacket. I can make you wear heels and a skirt. I can make you show up from eight to four, nine to five, 10 to six. I can do anything I want as long as I'm not violating the law. And there is no law against getting rid of people who do not want to do what they are supposed to do as a prerequisite to getting the job. You don't want to go to med school. Sorry, you can't be a doctor, right? There's certain things you have to get licensed. You don't want to take a driving test. No problem. You can't get behind a wheel. If you want to work in certain companies, if not all of them, then get a shot. Damon Lillard said yesterday, hey, man, I get I got shots in high school. I got shots in college. I don't know what the hell they were. I just got shots. People say get shots, you get shots, and that's the end of it. Amen. When I went on Survivor, they stuck me in with the doctor. He pulled out 10 needles, 10 shots, five on each arm, one in the ass, one in the shoulder, one in my eyeball, and said, hey, we're protecting you against the following 12 things. Here's your Vax card. Good luck out there. Try not to be the first one voted out. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. What is that you're giving me? What what do you care? Do you want to be on Survivor? Yeah. Well, you need the shots. Well, what if I don't want the shots? No problem. Then you can't be on Survivor. Got it. Hey, I want to go on a safari in Africa. To go into Africa, you need the following 10 shots. Malaria, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, gonorrhea, syphilis. You need them all. All right. I don't want to take a shot with hepatitis A, B, C, D, E, or F. No problem. Get to the airport, walk in in Tanzania, and they say, hey, where's your Vax card? Hey, here it is. Hey, where's hepatitis A, B, C, D, and F, and Gimel, and Z? Oh, I didn't want to get that. No problem. Have a good flight. Bye-bye. Why is this so controversial? Get vaccinated or don't play. Get vaccinated or don't work. Mark my words, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else. There's going to be a war within the players union. There is going to be a major problem between owners and players going forward. You've got players angry with players who are not getting vaccinated. Steph Curry has to say, hey, Andrew Wiggins, it's a personal decision. I get it. But of course, it's disappointing. We want him to play. What's KD going to say when Kyrie can't play home games? No problem. It's load management. (laughs) We're taking load management to a whole new level when you're only going to play 41 games. What about the training staff when they feel like their family is in jeopardy because there's unvaccinated players on the team? There's going to be infighting. And the only way to solve it is to make a blanket rule and then let the union take you to court. I want right now all the major sports leagues to mandate vaccinations. Do you know you can mandate anything, wait a year, and then it's good? You can change any rule you want in baseball. You can change anything. And if the union doesn't agree with it, who cares? 
You can wait one year and then implement it on your own. And there's not a God dang thing they can do about it. So step up, Adam Silver. Step up, Roger Goodell. Step up, Rob Manford. Implement mandatory vaccines. Wait the year. COVID's not going to be gone by next year. And then implement it. It's not really going to be a wait to see. Well, at least we had some on-court news in the NBA, though. And it drew my attention because I was fascinated by what Giannis had to say. Giannis is on the defending champion, Milwaukee Bucks. Doesn't that seem like a year ago? Yet the heat in the bubble going to the finals and losing to the Lakers feels like a decade ago, but it was only a year ago. And the Bucks winning the title was like three, two months ago or three months ago. Didn't they win in July, Coca? Is that possible that the Bucks clinched the NBA finals sometime in mid to late July? I find that to be unreal. It's hardly an off season. It's been eight weeks. It's like summer camp, which goes by in a jiff when you send your kids away and you celebrate, you miss them, you check the email, you look at photos and then bing, bang, boom, they're back in your house. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh my God, is the summer over? So Giannis shows up and I've always been fascinated in the difficulty that teams have in repeating you know, in baseball, no one's repeated since the Yankees, 98 to 2000. The Dodgers are trying to repeat this year. They probably aren't even going to win their division, by the way. In basketball, you had a bunch of repeaters with the Bulls. You had the Lakers. There's been, there's been repeats, but not common. And the reason, as you know, as nothing personal aficionados, is that you lose that little edge. And that's why when we watched The Last Dance, Michael Jordan got that edge by making up anger toward a coach like George Carl or making up a controversy against another player to give him a little motivation. You need that because it is so much harder to win your second than your first. And it's human nature. So Giannis and Media Day said, hey, I'm not even thinking about last year. That's a lie. All players, when they come back, are thinking about last year. They reminisce about it. Our spring training of 2004 was a celebration of 2003, how excited we were having won the World Series. We had our whole team back except for Pudge and Derek Lee, and everyone was totally into it, thought we'd do it again. We were bulked up and ready to go, though we were a little rough at catcher, but we really thought that, that we could at least make a run. But there's something about the motivation that just stops. and. Some players are better at self-motivating, some are not. So Giannis yesterday said, you know, I don't really care about rookie of the year or defensive player of the year. I don't care about MVPs, finals MVPs. There's only one thing I care about. I care about winning another title. And that is a very common, very, very common soundbite that you hear from teams and from players who are the defending champions but it never works out that way. So I was examining Giannis and thinking to myself, is he the player who actually can give himself motivation the way Jordan used to or Shaquille O'Neal used to? I picked the Bucks to repeat, but now I'm worried because Giannis is such a great guy and the Bucks personalities, they're just such good people. It's like they've morphed into Midwesterners who, as you know, when you're from the Midwest, you're just nicer. I loved going to college in the Midwest. 
I love being from the Midwest. Just people are nicer. So they assume I'm going to be nice. And then when I'm not nice, they're like, oh, you must live in New York now. I just think that the uh, they're going to have a problem. All right. I, I want to move on and I want to talk about the Clippers a little bit. I was was anyone else not aware that Kawhi Leonard is probably out for the year? I had completely forgotten that he tore his ACL. I have a recollection that he sprained his knee and missed the last few playoff games a few months ago. And then the Clippers got eliminated. I don't even remember what round they got eliminated in, but I don't even remember. By the way, this is horrible. Who did the Bucks beat in the NBA finals? Coca? Is it possible that neither of us can remember without you looking at it during the show? The Suns. Yes. Devin Booker. And the Kardashians lost in the finals. That is correct. Which means the Clippers lost before that. Kawhi missed the last few playoff games. Well, it turns out now that Kawhi may miss the entire season. I had no idea. So when you tear your ACL in the old days, the Toby Knight days of the New York Knicks, you're out forever. Now you're out for about a year, maybe a little under, maybe nine months. So Kawhi Leonard this offseason had the opt-out, which he took. He signed the new deal with the Clippers. Do you remember the deal he took, the long-term deal? Kawhi Leonard made me smile yesterday during media day when he said, you know, I didn't want to be a distraction to the Clippers. I could have taken a one-year deal plus a one-year option and then opted out after one year and then signed a five-year max. That would have been a smarter financial move. But then all year long, everyone would have been asking, are you leaving the Clippers? Are you not leaving the Clippers? And I didn't want to be a distraction. And I kept thinking, I like Kawhi Leonard. I don't know him off the court, but he seems nice enough. That may be the biggest bunch of horse hockey of the day. That could be a new segment. H-H-O-D. The NPDS H-H-O-D. The nothing personal horse hockey of the day. When you are a player and you're hurt, whether it's an ACL, an Achilles, whether it's an elbow with Tommy John, a shoulder with the torn labrum, when you've got an injury that keeps you out for a substantial period of time, there is some question in every athlete's mind, no matter what they tell you. Oh, no, I think nothing but positive thoughts. I'm ready. I'm working my us off. I'm good to go. There is a question whether or not those players are going to be able to come back and be what they were and play at the level they were played at. No matter if you're Michael Jordan, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, Shaquille, anybody, there is always that concern. So when Kawhi is offered the deal that he signed, the four-year deal I think he signed, he's doing it because it gives him guaranteed money if he cannot come back this year at all. And then there's a question as to whether or not you should sign a guy for five years who has not proven health, even if his name is Kawhi Leonard. So Kawhi Leonard said, you know, I didn't want to be a distraction. And side note, I wanted to take a little money while I could. <laughs> I like that. I want to take a couple of hundo while I can, while I'm rehabbing and taking it super slow. The Clippers are all on the same page. Coach Ty Lu said, hey, I want him back for opening day, October 21st, but maybe he won't even be back for the playoffs. Hey. I don't know when he's going to come back, but we're not going to rush him. That's what we always say when there's a player who's signed to a long-term deal. We're not going to rush him. We don't say that when a player's an impending free agent, right? When a player's an impending free agent, we say, yeah, uh, we're definitely going to rush him because we're not going to sign him next year. So let's bring him back and just see if he can do anything. 
that's the NBA for you. Season starting soon. All right, we got to take a break because I'm tired. We're going to review our second Melissa McCarthy movie in a row. Well, yesterday was a TV show called Nine Perfect Strangers, a nine-part miniseries, eight-part miniseries. We're going to review the Starling when we come back. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. This is David Sampson. Please, could you go on Apple Podcasts and review, write a review of Nothing Personal? We have like over 2,000 ratings, but for whatever reason, we want to get to 3,000 ratings because once we do, we're going to want to get to 4,000. But the key for all sorts of uh, doors that open to you when you have your own show and when you're carrying someone like Coca, no matter where you go for the rest of your life, when you're doing the show that you're going to be with them, no matter where you are, there you are with him. You need to have more and more ratings. So please just go there. Even if you don't like the show, you could give it a five star rating and just say, hey, Coca's the greatest and Samson sucks. And why the hell does he count to 69 all the time? That's a rating and a review. You just have to type something and then follow and tell your friends about nothing personal. I do love watching movies every day, and I love the fact that I do it every day. And I can, after the show, I go into the movie room or I go into the bedroom or go into the basement or wherever I go, and I watch a movie. I had read somewhere about a movie starring Melissa McCarthy and Chris O. Dowd called The Starling. The Starling is a kind of bird. This is a movie about two people who suffer a horrific loss an unthinkable loss and how they deal with it. It takes place partially in a psychiatric institution. It takes place partially in a garden. And there is a bird that's involved who must be CGI because I don't know how you train a bird to dive bomb into Melissa McCarthy's garden and head and hit her in the head and then knock her over and cut her face. And then out of nowhere, one of the therapists in the movie out of nowhere is one of my all-time favorite actors, an all-time, all-timer, Kevin Klein. You know, we could do a top five Kevin Klein movie right now off the top of my head. Big Chill, Fish Called Wanda, Grand Canyon. That's three right off the top of my head. Literally, that's all, there's, there's got to be more. He's married to Phoebe Cates, by the way, from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I digress. The Starling is worth watching. It's a little sad, but it's got an interesting way of manifesting the emotion. So it doesn't feel forced. You know how some movies just make you feel forced? 
that you're supposed to cry. This one is sort of a natural cry. And I like that tomorrow's movie. And we're starting to tell you in advance what we're going to review. I'm going to watch something today. I don't expect to cry, but I could expect to do any number of things during the course of this movie. It is called Protégé with Michael Keaton, Samuel Jackson, and Maggie Q. All right. Did you watch the football game last night? I did. We lost our pick of the day. We had the Eagles beating the Cowboys. The Cowboys crushed them. But what was interesting during the game yesterday is that people were up in arms about a play. Dak Prescott tried to get it in. It's a goal line, and it was ruled not a touchdown. Then they go to replay, not a touchdown, but it was a touchdown. Was it not a touchdown? Everyone said, why can't you put a chip in the ball? Why can't we have umpires who are eyes in the sky? Why can't we have everything going on? Any solution in order to not get that call wrong? And it reminded me of all the conversations that I've had within Major League Baseball about robo-umps, about instant replay. And it brought me back to the main focus, which is that generally, if not specifically with very few exceptions, all umpires in baseball want to get the call right. And all umpires in baseball with a few more exceptions have an ego that allows them to be overturned and not lose their minds in replay. Football umpires and referees and back judges and lines people, they used to, when I was younger, have other jobs. Every Sunday, like Pat Summerall would say, umpires, Ed Hoculi, who during the off season is a teacher. I'm making up the fact that he's a teacher. I'm making up that it was Pat Summerall, but Ed Hoculi used to be an NFL referee. Jerry Markbright, who in the offseason drives sports cars. I don't know whether or not they have other jobs these days. But what I do know is they are in a position where they, too, want to get calls right. So is it possible that we could ever evolve into a system in sports where there are no human beings at all? Let's just talk about football. What are they, what are they used for? They're used to first down. They're used to spotting the ball. That is the number one role that the striped people have. And it is the most inexact thing in all of sports. Now, you could argue a ball strike call is inexact because there's a strike zone and it's very inexact. What's a strike? What's not a strike? And I would say that's true, except a particular ball and strike call has a You know, I'm going to think this through a little more. I had a whole thing prepared to tell you that first downs in football are more important than balls and strikes in baseball. There are fewer first downs in baseball than balls and strikes called in in, there. 10, 12, 69. Wipe it, Coca. Ready and go. There are way more balls and strikes called in baseball than there are first downs gained in a football game. So maybe it is more important that you get the first down right in football than getting every ball and strike right in baseball. But when we're talking about making sports better using technology, we don't judge it based on how often a particular play happens. And therefore, we want to make sure we get that one right. We don't judge it based on 
the importance of the game situation when that call needs to be made. We're talking in a much more macro way. The macro way is, do we want to get calls right? And are we willing to do it at the expense of the human being? And my answer always was, yes, I'm good. If we can have a baseball game without umpires, the way we have a tennis tournament at the U.S. Open without line judges, without back judges, it's just a guy in a chair and a bunch of computers, you had me at hello. In football, you could have one guy on the field. And his job is just to make sure that the technology is working. You've got the first downs that are done electronically. Every play is made from an eye in the sky, from an umpire, maybe who's in the booth. I would eliminate the spot foul for interference, by the way, and all sorts of other, the holding calls and all those things, illegal hands to the face. You could have people calling that. One guy could maybe see what he sees. Maybe you have two or three people on the field and that's it. But for first downs, for touchdowns, for two feet down, I don't want a human being doing that. In baseball, I don't need a human being calling balls and strikes or safer out at the plate. Safe route on the bases. First base is a bang, bang play. Do you know how an umpire, and I've spoken to umpires about this, do you know how they make the first base call? Do you know what they're looking at? It's pretty good, right? They're looking at the base. They're looking at the foot of the runner. And when the runner's foot hits first base and they're listening for the ball to be inside the first baseman's glove. So they're looking at the feet, listening to the ball. Boy, that sounds exact, doesn't it? Hmm. I think it's going to happen, actually. I'm trying to project what sports is going to look like in 10 years. There will be electronic umpires. There will be ways to measure first downs and to measure whether or not a ball crossed the plane. There's going to be like some sort of force field shield like those red wires that Catherine Zeta-Jones had to go up and down and around an entrapment while being seduced by Sean Connery. That's going to happen within 10 years. Not a wait to see, though. All right, let's talk a little baseball. We got the playoffs starting soon. This is it. Today's Tuesday. We have a, an entire, I mean, we have an entire playoffs coming. Huge series. We got the Braves playing the Phillies. We got the Yankees playing the Blue Jays. Dodgers and Giants are not playing each other, but they're going for the NL West. And I'm quite fascinated by all of it. And there's one thing when you're running a team as you're getting ready for the playoffs, what the GMs are doing now is they're starting to work on their playoff rosters because you have to submit your playoff rosters before you make an appearance in either a wildcard game or a division series. You strategically are doing your playoff rosters. You're looking at your rotation right now. You're setting up your rotation for the playoffs. The flow chart of your rotation includes whether or not you are going to pitch your best pitcher on the last game of the season if you've got something to play for. If the Giants or Dodgers are tied going into the last game, do you go with your ace Sunday to try to win the division? Yes. So you're figuring out all that right now. And you're hoping one thing you are focused on, please, no injuries. Let's just get into October right now and take our chances. Well, San Francisco Giants got terrible news when Brandon Belt was given the diagnosis of a fracture in his thumb. 
He got hit by a pitch. For all of you who think we don't care about command and sticky substances, he got hit by a pitch. And when you're holding a bat and you get hit on the hand, the immediate thought is a fracture. As president of a team, when we had a player get hit in the hand, I would have the argument with the GM every time, please don't x-ray it. Let's just ice it. We'll let him play tomorrow. Let him play till he can't play anymore. Brandon Belt is an impending free agent. The Giants likely will not re-sign all of the great veterans who they have, who have gotten them three titles in the 2010s, who are having career years. Brandon Belt has been incredible, but now he can't play because once you diagnose and see the fracture in the x-ray, and I like looking at these x-rays because I'm so angry when it happens that I call the doctor and say, send me the x-ray. I want to see it. And no, that's not a HIPAA violation. And it's got a, uh, a little line in it. And you're like, God damn it. Why did we tell the player? But I think we have to. I always was told by the doctors and the trainers, you can't hide that. We can't pretend. But then I'd say, but why give the x-ray? Just let him come to the ballpark. He's going to be a free agent. We're not going to re-sign him. Let's just see if he can play. God, what a jerk I was. But now the other side is the Giants do not have Brandon Belt. And they're saying, oh, he'll be gone for a week or two. No. Now that you know he's got the fracture, you've got to let the fracture heal. And if he's an impending free agent, which he is, his agent has said to him, sorry, man, you're not playing till it's totally healed. We can't risk further injury and having you not sign a deal for next season. So I'm telling you that he's going to miss the rest of the regular season and he's not going to be back for the wild card game. He's not going to be back for the division series. It's likely he will not even be back for the league championship series. I've had plenty of experience with fractured thumbs. You're talking about a month. And that's for young players in shape. Not that Brandon Bell's not in shape, not that he's not young, comparatively speaking. But for a baseball player, he's not young. What's his age, Coca? Brandon Belt. Does he have a three-handle? I'm going to assume he does, which, of course, in the real world is not young at all. But in the baseball world, you know, you're in the back nine. How old is he, Coca? Third, oh, God, he's ancient. He's Kareem. He's Larry Bird. All right, Brandon Belt's going to be out the full month. Today is September 28th. He will be back in time, maybe for the middle of the World Series, if the Giants get there. We'll see what happens. All right. Oh, let's do a wait to see right now before we end and we talk about one other thing that I want to talk about. Uh, right now, with all these races going on in baseball, you're probably wondering, are the Yankees going to host the Red Sox? Are the Yankees going to host the Blue Jays in the wild card? The Yankees play the Blue Jays. There is a scenario that is all over Twitter right now where <laughs> a four-way tie for a wild card, what happens? A three-way tie for a wild card, what happens? You assign teams A, B, or C. A plays B, then the winner, the loser of that plays C but C gets to play at home because they only have one game to win. B gets to play on the road both times, but they get a chance to win. A gets to play at home in the first game, whatever. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. But we used to get a memo from the commissioner's office when your team is in the race, like within five games in September. And shockingly, we were in that position a lot. We got these memos with all the tie break scenarios. And it comes from the commissioner's office. And we would go through and I would put it on a board. And I would change the board according to 
what the results were of that day. So if the board says that the Yankees have to go one and five against the for the last six games to have this huge tie, but they've got to beat the Blue Jays once. I would have like a checklist of what each team has to do and then check it if a particular game on a particular night satisfied what was needed for a tie. And then eventually an X comes out, which is, oh, that tie can't happen. That tie can't happen. And then you're left with no ties. There have been some great tiebreaker games in Major League Baseball. I think it was like a decade ago, those two great tiebreaker games that were played like simultaneously and they had amazing endings. I don't remember what year that was, but it was pretty cool. I'm going to say like a decade ago. So there are scenarios right now where the Braves and the Phillies could tie for the NL East and the tiebreaker has to be played because the loser is out of the playoffs and the winner is not even a wild card right into the division series. So I do have a way to see as this six day season unravels. Don't worry about the Braves and the Giants. They're going to win the division. The Dodgers are going to have to beat the Cardinals in L.A. to get to the division series and try to repeat as World Series champions. The Braves are going to play the Milwaukee Brewers in the first round of the playoffs. It's going to happen. All right, I want to end back with the pick of the day today because there was a line, a, a potential, nothing personal line of the day. The Eagles got crushed. So we're 124 and 106. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And here was his line that he actually said to the media at the end of the game. You take a deuce. You don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We're going to flush it and move on. Talking about getting crushed by the Cowboys 41 to 21. Hey, Jalen. I double dare you to find five people who don't sit there and look at their deuce. Go ahead, any five. You're looking for size, structure, content, color. You're gauging your health every time you take a deuce. Everybody looks at the deuce. Some people don't even flush, they wanna keep looking at it. And that's what you wanna tell your fan base? Now you may, Run like K's, but you hit like shit. Jalen Hurts. We're going to flush it and move on. Okay. Pick of the day today. I'm loving this Braves Phillies series. Charlie Morton is pitching against Zach Wheeler tonight. And obviously a hugely critical series. And we are taking Charlie Morton. We're only 18 games over 500 at 124 and 106. But the Braves, for me, are a better team. Atlanta Braves over the Philadelphia Phillies. This show flew by again, Coca. I'm glad we got a chance to do, 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 do. Hey, Wiggins. Hey, Kyrie. Hey, the rest of you unvaccinated NBA players. Guess what? You're not going to make money because it's just business. This has been nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.